0: Addicts Podcast Episode 53, Charlie Brown Holiday Specials. Half a star for nostalgia. This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible is the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with over 150,000 downloadable titles to choose from. For the listeners of the Animation Addicts podcast, Audible is giving you a free one month trial of their incredible service so you can try it out for yourself. Since we are doing a Peanuts themed episode, one book I would recommend is Schultz and Peanuts, a biography. This is a biography about the Peanuts creator Charles Schultz, and it will give you a little insight about his life, his family, and ultimately how. Peanuts came onto the scene. If after you've listened to this episode and you're just craving more Peanuts, this is definitely a book to check out. So for your free one-month trial, go to rotoscopers.com slash audible for your free audiobook. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. We're your hosts, Morgan Stradling, here with Chelsea Robson. Hello! Hello! And a very, very special guest host, Alyssa Roy. Hello there. This is probably the most impromptu episode that we have ever done. It's Halloween (laughs) night when we're recording this, and uh, all of us are basically the coolest kids in town because we're staying inside and we're recording a podcast rather than partying like all of our... uh, colleagues i guess <laughs> yeah. and uh so yeah we just decided hey we have this free time my husband's in the other room watching a football game that's gonna go for the next four hours so i'm like let's let's talk about cartoons
1: this is basically on par with our swan princess episode <laughs> yeah. which well, we're it's... in for some awesomeness right now
2: i am not like the biggest halloween person but i love 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 this particular halloween relay movie so I was very excited. I was just like, yay, run, run as best as I can to go talk about
0: this. Yeah, so Chelsea and I were going to just, we were just going to do one of the Peanuts holiday specials we were going to do. It's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, because uh, it was kind of relevant. And then we decided that's too short. I mean, we won't have that much to talk about. So let's do the Christmas special while we're at it. And so then, you know, as I was preparing with Chelsea, I'm like, we need a big Peanuts fan and instantly Alyssa came to mind because she covers all the Peanuts articles on the site and she's a writer on the site and I thought it'd be perfect to have her because this is her forte I'm so excited about this so tell us a little bit about yourself, Alyssa. They've probably read your articles on the site, but tell them a little more.
2: Uh, yes, I mean, my name is Alyssa Roy. I am a freshman at RIT studying media arts and technology and getting my MBA. I love anime and movies, and I love the just everything about Charlie Brown and Peanuts. So I am here now, and I am excited, and it's midnight, and I am pumped to be talking about these movies.
0: <laughs> awesome. So what made you want to go to
2: RIT? Um pretty much the program. It's a media program. It actually encompasses a lot of different things, but part of it is publishing to books and things like that and I'm very interested in becoming a publisher someday. So here I am. Ooh, that's really exciting. So how did you get into animation? Um just ever since I was little I loved Love, loved anime and movies. I mean, we were talking about this before, how my older sister has Down Syndrome, and she is an absolutely huge Disney fanatic. When she's not watching Disney movies, she is researching Disney movies. You can pretty much trivia her on anything, and she can tell you anything about a Disney movie. So she really got me into Disney movies and just everything about anime and movies. We would spend nights, just hours, watching Disney movies. So she is the main factor in that. I have her to blame. That is awesome.
0: So we normally do a little game with our new guests called Catching a Fire. I'm sure you're familiar. Do you want to play?
2: Uh, Yes, I do. It's going to be scary. Uh, Special spooky edition. <laughs> I need mean, spooky somehow because it's Halloween. Well, for me in four minutes, Halloween is gonna be over, but I'll I'll try <laughs> and make it spooky. Well here it comes. <laughs> well
0: then, how about a quick round of catch and fire? C- 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 catch and fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough c- 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 courage. Whoa.
1: All right, Alyssa. Here we go. What is the very first animated movie you remember seeing? Pocahontas. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? SpongeBob. Favorite animated movie? The Lion King. Favorite animator or artist?
2: Well, I'm going to have to go with Charles Schultz. All right. All right,
1: are you going for classic animation or CGI? Classic. Favorite animation studio? Disney. Leica
2: or Ghibli? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Studio Ghibli. Okay. Disneyland or Disney World? I have only ever been to Disney World, so I'm going to have to say Disney
1: World. Okay. Disney princesses or princes? Oh,
2: princesses all the way. Oh, okay. Heroes or villains? Hmm. I'm going to have to go with heroes, even though villains are so much fun, too. All right.
1: Stitch or Tinkerbell?
2: Tinkerbell. All right. Now, here's some
1: pretty good ones. Mickey, Donald, or Goofy? Goofy. Huey,
2: Dewey, or Louie? Ooh, that's a tough one. I have to go with Louie. I don't know why. Just gotta go for it. (laughs) Just go with it. Just go
1: with it. Okay, what is your favorite animated dog? Ooh, this is so hard. How
2: about Snoopy?
1: Okay. Um, People or anthropomorphic? People. The Great Pumpkin or Headless Horseman? The Great Pumpkin, all the way. <laughs> Snow White or Sleeping Beauty? Snow White. Summer releases or winter releases? Ooh, yeah, I have to go with summer. And now our final question, the one that everybody is so excited to answer because they love all of these movies. *Hunchback <laughs> 2, Cinderella 2, or Return
2: of Jafar? I'm going to have to go with Hunchback, too. I don't know why. When I was little, I, that. I don't really know why, but I did. So I'll wow. go with it, just because when I was little, I liked it for some strange reason.
0: Well, I think we have
2: our first Hunchback 2 ever.
0: Ever.
2: Wow. I don't That's remember awesome. that much about it, except when I was little, I liked it. I think it was because the first Hunchback movie... He didn't get Esmeralda, but in the second one, he got the girl. So I think I felt better then. So that's the main reason right
1: now. All right. Awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thank you for playing Catch and Fire with us. We like this game. We
2: don't know why, but we just do. <laughs> it's so hard. It's just choosing between Disney and Pixar. It's just It's like pulling nails. It's like choosing my favorite child. I can't do it. It's so hard.
1: Well, thank you, Alyssa. Now we're going to be heading on to news.
0: Okay, so we have some really, really exciting news. Um, This is animation related, but it's very specific to our site. So remember when I asked you guys to vote for the podcast for the podcast awards? I remember. Oh, good. Yes. (laughs) Well, it turns out that everyone was so awesome in getting us nominated that we are an official nominee in the category of movies and film, which... Imaginary party. Imaginary (laughs) party, right? (laughs) Throwback to episode one. (laughs) and that's a huge honor I mean I can't even express how honored and excited I am to be nominated us as a podcast team and as a writing team a lot of the people who are nominated are just kind of like the best of the best or they just have really huge shows they're really popular Um, you know we're up against some pretty good podcasts I know there's there's a few that are constantly on the top of the iTunes charts so but we are the only animation podcast so what I'm asking all the listeners to do for one last time is to vote for us again, but the voting is a little different. You don't have to manually type in the name of the podcast. So what you do is you go to podcastawards.com and then you submit your ballot and you can submit one ballot every day starting on November 1st. And it goes till about mid-November so it's just really easy you just go and you go through the categories and you can pick which one you're nominating out of each of the categories or you could just only go and vote for us in that one category and then push submit maybe you're listening to some other podcasts that you want to vote for in these other categories but it's really simple to vote once you get here so yeah so guys if you can go to podcastawards.com and vote for us every single day we would appreciate it so much this is so stinking cool no i I it's really cool (laughs) i have no words i just i have no words very good well you guys
2: are well deserving of it
0: (laughs) thanks so the winners will actually be announced in at the new media expo in las vegas during the first week of january um i think it's january 4th through the 6th so we won't know until then if we won or not and so chelsea and i were talking about and i think since i'm the closest one to vegas that i might visit vegas for the award ceremony fingers crossed that we win because that'd be really lame if we won and then no one was there to like make a little speech or accept the award so that's the plan but we need your guys's help to vote don't try to stuff the ballot box by you know using all these different computers they have very sophisticated ways to tell how people are trying to cheat so just do it the normal honest way And we'd appreciate it so much. So our next news story, this is about a week or two old, but since Alyssa's here, I really wanted to talk to her about it. And it goes with the theme of the podcast with Peanuts and Charlie Brown. So recently there was announced um, some Peanuts news. First off, that they are going to be making over 500 shorts, and these are going to be produced by a studio in France. So Alyssa,
2: what are your thoughts on this? Um, It's definitely very unusual. I mean, I'm excited for them. They have definitely a lot of source material and a lot of potential. I mean, Peanuts is the longest running comic strip in history of ever and ever. So there's definitely a lot of source material, but they definitely have to do it the right way. I'm going to be very intrigued to see what they're going to be like when they come out. Just could really go either way, I guess.
0: Yeah. Did they say what type of shorts these would be? Are these CG so- shorts or just um, traditionally animated shorts?
2: They did not say. I'm very curious to see if they will be because the actual movie is going to be CGI 3D. And I'm a little nervous about that. I cannot lie. Mm-hmm. So... I... <laughs> Because everything's just so 2D in that world. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, to see these shorts.
0: It will be interesting, for sure, you know, to see these characters in their 3D forms, just because they're so iconic. But then that could have been said for Mr. Peabody and Sherman. And, you know, the mm-hmm. way that, that DreamWorks has kind of converted those characters, they actually look pretty nice, for a modern audience. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the diehards who are just like, no, no, we want our normal, we want... You know, and what really characterizes, I think, the peanut shorts is how they're a bit, I don't know, less sophisticated. They're a bit raw yeah. and, um, you know, unrefined on the edges, which, like, adds this charm to them, which is really cool. And then I imagine, you know, this movie, which is going to be produced by Blue Sky Studios and Fox, might be a bit more sophisticated.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be different. I'm trying to stay optimistic, though, because if you look at the very first comic strips, um, like Charlie Brown and Snoopy don't like anything like they do today. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, like, okay, this is just Just kind of the way it goes, things change a little bit, but I'm still nervous.
0: Well, another thing that you mentioned that got you really nervous was the director.
2: Yes, the director was a very unusual choice. So He he, did, he directed Bridesmaids, and um, some people had sent me links just saying, oh, he's a huge Peanuts fan, so I'm really hoping that they're right and that he'll be good. But at the same time, this is definitely a different world for him to be working with because it is both animation and children's, both areas that he hasn't really worked in as much in recent days.
0: Yeah, he's he's traditionally done a lot more like adult R-rated comedies, right? Yes, he has. So
2: it's <laughs> a little just, it's gotta be a different element for him. I mean, he's obviously had great successes with these movies, but at the same time, it's a very different style. And so I'm a little nervous about that. That's, uh
0: Yeah, I I imagine this being like if Ralph Bakshi was going to come and direct a Disney movie. I mean, people would be way up in arms because of, you know, his history and whatnot. It just doesn't fit with the brand. So hopefully that things will turn out all right. That movie comes out in 2015. So, I mean, it's coming up it's not you know four or five years down the road like some of these other movies so hopefully everything's you know they have all their ducks in a row and they're ready to um make this awesome because i'd like to see it continue forward blue sky you know a lot of their stuff
1: is just really good their animation quality is really just stupendous every movie that i've seen in the last like five that they've done i've just been like wow that's really really good Mm-hmm. And so even if it's just that, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Go Blue yeah. Sky. They're up and coming, and I like them.
2: <laughs> yes, and they also have um, Charles Schultz's grandson, I believe, helping to produce the film. So hopefully he'll really want to keep it to the same style and just the same heart of the original film. So I'm, I'm hoping that he'll keep it on track, too.
0: a little mini nerdy couch discussion about the peanuts universe and the characters specifically charlie brown snoopy and all these characters we've come to love and since we have our resident peanuts expert here Alyssa roy uh we asked her completely unprepared to just share a little bit about peanuts and what she knows and the history and uh, then we're going to talk a little bit more about the characters before we go into the main discussion
2: All right. So as you very well know, Peanuts did not start as movies. They started as comic strips and they actually started back. Their anniversary was actually just about a month ago, October 2nd, 1950, I believe is the date. And it just started out with a very small little strip of Charlie Brown walking down the street. And some kid looking at him and going, that good old Charlie Brown, how I hate him. And that kind of just sets up the comic strips. It's pretty much just this boy who is just very awkward and cannot get along in social situations and his dog. And I've just, I don't know, these strips are just so great because of their simplicity as we were discussing before. I mean, the characters have changed stylistically over the years, but they've definitely had that same heart and very basic structure and morals to their stories. The first movie was released in the 1960s and all these movies were based off of the comic strips because a lot of the comic strips had running storylines and a lot of one-liners you know if you read through the strips there's a ton of strips you can just read through stories and they'll go on and on and on throughout several weeks sometimes so a lot of these movies are based off of that
0: interesting so um one thing that i've noticed about the peanuts Particularly the the TV specials is just the pace of them. They're not fast paced. They kind of take their time, and then they go off sort of on like random tangents. Yeah, um, it's it's not a very concrete, solid, tight storyline. They'll have a, a very obscure conversation. And then it will go back to the main thing, and then there'll be a, just a dancing number just because. Um, and that's something <laughs> that I kind of appreciate for these, because it breaks the mold about what you expect nowadays, where it seems if something like this were to be released, people would, would say, I don't get it. This is weird. It, it didn't go anywhere. But it just maybe it just shows the Peanuts way. Is that kind of how the comics
2: are I mean, yeah totally I mean when you watch these films, especially if you have i mean i have a, about half of the comics but it's It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot. It's taken me, it sounds so dorky. It's taken me so long to get that many of the comics. But if you just read through them, you'll just be reading them and you'll read one storyline that you see, let's say in the Christmas special. And then you'll read a comic maybe three years later and you'll see this random little sideline conversation about Christmas that still ended up in the Christmas special. So when they use the source material, you know, they went with the Christmas theme. So you would see conversations that happened within a five-year span sometimes from these comic strips or characters. Mm. They do stay pretty true to the original comic. Sometimes Linus will say something that Charlie Brown said and vice versa. But for the most part, it's all lines out of the comic strips. And, you know, with a comic strip, you can only have a storyline go on for so long before people kind of get like, okay, what's going on with this now? want something <laughs> else. So they definitely did have to incorporate things from several different storylines or just random conversations that the characters had. That's kind of the movie. is just a conglomeration of just all the Christmas conversations or something over the years.
0: Very cool. So in the TV series, it's obviously a lot more condensed. So what are the characters... Uh, or just a few that are in pretty big in the comics but don't make it into the TV specials?
2: Well, for a while, Shermie, I mean, this was more at the beginning. Shermie was a very big player in the comic strips. He was actually one of the main characters. But then after a while, he just got kind of... You know, pushed off to the side, Um, Schultz would just introduce more characters but then have to get rid of them. And you still see Shermie occasionally in the movies, just sporadically in there, maybe talking in the background. But he really is not a big player in all of these, which is kind of sad because he actually started out as one of the main characters. You know, you see your main characters, Charlie Brown, Snoopy, Lucy, Sally, Linus. They are all fairly big players throughout the whole comics strip series except you know of course Linus wasn't there originally he wasn't born until I think about 10 years into the strips they obviously use the more popular strips from the height of the series in the 1960s so you definitely see those characters more but there are other random characters like Charlotte Braun who were in there for a little bit and then just got wiped out after about 10 strips <laughs> so this, actually they're That character, a little girl wrote to Charles Shelton and said, I don't like this character, get rid of her. And he just wrote back and said, Okay, I'll get rid of her, but I just want you to know you have the death of a comic strip character on your hands now.
0: Wow. So, yeah,
2: (laughs) that's paraphrasing the letter a little bit, but you said something along those lines to her. So, there's a lot of various characters throughout the history that don't even make it into the movies. Did Snoopy have any other relatives? Uh, yes, he did. He had several brothers. I remember one storyline in particular where he went to go find his mom. He went to the farm to go find his mom, but then he got there and there's just like a cow that he thought was his mom, but it turned out to not be his mom. So he was just <laughs> kind of sad and left. Um, but he had a lot of brothers that showed up occasionally like his really thin brother with the mustache from Texas and just a lot of random brothers that kind of make guest appearances, I would say.
0: Interesting. I think I know the answer to this, but who is the most iconic character of the series? Is it Charlie Brown or is it Snoopy? You know, that's a hard one to say. I would have
2: to go with Charlie Brown, actually, because Charlie Brown in essence is Charles Schultz. He has a lot of the same anxieties and guilt and fears and it's pretty much. Charles Schultz right there so I would have to go with Charlie Brown just because he is Charles Schultz who obviously wrote Peanuts he is Charles Schultz so I would have to go with Charlie even though Snoopy is very iconic in himself just for being Snoopy we all know him too
1: that's really interesting I like when you think about Charles Schultz like Charles Sol- Schultz sorry when you think about Charles Schultz when you think about Charles Schultz that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You could call him Sparky, like his close friends. (laughs) So we got Sparky here.
1: (laughs) So when you think about Charles Schultz, he's writing this and it's almost like, you know how when you like kind of have those voices in your head, you know, you just like, you kind of just talk to yourself like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But like you just kind of have these these different points of view like I'm thinking mostly in the Christmas special how he's just like I feel just kind of depressed and just I'm just not happy and I should be happy and then everybody else coming back at him. Why aren't you happy all these da, 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 da. and it's almost like he's taking his world around him and just putting it in these comics which I think is very endearing and kind of it grounds it really well
2: yeah he's just such a realistic character I mean he just Charles Schultz suffered from depression and anxiety and just all these different things and you see that in Charlie Brown and I just think that's so you know he's just such a real character but he adds in this humor that you know it's so realistic and relatable so I just love it for that
0: so do you think that Charlie Brown will still be that way
2: in the movies I really hope so. I hope they don't change him. I'm trying to think. Recently, I read this article. I think it was actually in related to Turbo, just talking about how, I'm not sure if even you guys discussed discuss this on the podcast about how, you know, characters have to be better than who they were and try to fix themselves and change themselves and become different people and how we really shouldn't give expectations like that to kids. It's just about being the best person you can be when it comes down to it, which is what Charlie Brown does every single day. So... I really hope they try to do that because Charlie Brown is in no way a perfect character, but he's so relatable and you just love him so much for that. So I really hope that they will keep him as is for the most part because, I mean, I could relate to him in so many ways, especially in like my awkward middle school phases. I was just like, I can be such a Charlie Brown sometimes. (laughs) So I really hope they keep him as is.
0: Yeah. Those awkward junior high days. (laughs) shudder
2: <laughs> I don't I don't
0: know anyone particularly any girl who thinks fondly of the, that time comparatively no. <laughs> I mean there's like good moments but if you were to pick between the three elementary, middle school, high school I don't think anyone picks middle school
2: <laughs> definitely not
0: so how old is Charlie Brown supposed to be speaking of?
2: I'm trying to remember because he does age a little bit throughout the comic strips but it's he started out as six, I believe, but I'm trying to remember how old he was by the end of it, because obviously he wasn't, you know, 35 by the end of it. <laughs> I want to say, say he was eight. I'll feel bad if I have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was eight by the end of it.
0: Longest
1: two years of your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, to round it all off. Everybody, I want you to say your favorite Peanuts character and why. Chelsea, we'll start with you.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with Linus. He's got some really good lines. I never really got into Peanuts, and so all the only thing that I have to go on is the shorts. And so I think... Of the shorts, I think I liked Linus the best.
0: I, there's people that I like bits and pieces. I like Lucy, how she's so authoritative in a way, and, and bossy, because that's very much me when I was you little. Would. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say she's my favorite. Like, I think Pigpen's kind of funny just because he's always dirty and the, the cloud is hilarious. And then uh, randomly, uh, Violet Gray. I really like her because of her bun I'm a girl, okay? But I really (laughs) like her bun. I think her hair's cool. (laughs) But uh, I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I mean, but I admit that I'm not the biggest Peanuts fan, and really my exposure is just the comics here and there, maybe browsing through the paper, and and the specials that I've seen, which are very few. But if I were forced to pick one, I'd say Lucy, I guess, because... You know, she's cool and bossy.
2: <laughs> um, It's very hard to choose because they're all so special and it's so quirky in their own little way and just so funny in their own little way, like... Rita with her naturally curly hair and you know I really love Snoopy I know that's the obvious answer but I just really love him and his imagination in the end I will have to go with Charlie Brown just because he is so relatable to me and to everyone so I'm gonna have to go with Charlie Brown that's a hard decision though
0: that's a good choice from the true <laughs> diehard fan <laughs> off of our couches and back onto the couches because we, we do these all in the same place and we are doing our main discussion and these are the two Peanuts holiday specials now were there more than just these two uh yes
2: there were there's i'm trying to remember there's a whole bunch of different really random ones there's a thanksgiving one um there's an arbor day one i believe (laughs) there's one where they go on the mayflower there's a whole bunch of different ones i can't even remember them all there's the most random holidays i'm pulling it up right now there's a valentine's day one there's another christmas one there's election day one (laughs) There's an Easter one. Oh, geez. There's a lot. I'm looking through the list. I had forgotten how many of there are. See? I I haven't even seen them all. Now,
0: we blame a lot of these studios for trying to capitalize on different holidays with with different movies. (laughs) And we should be pointing our fingers way back at Charles Schultz because... I mean, they tried to hit them all. I mean, Labor Day? Really? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, like, with the Arbor Day one. I, the Arbor you know, Day I is the one that gets me. Arbor Day, yeah, yeah. I can't really remember, but I think there was just maybe in one one year, there was maybe 10 comic strips just about them and how one time Sally wrote a whole article about Harbor Day rather than Arbor Day. And it's just this funny little joke, 10 strips, but they made it into a whole movie. So I've always found that very and itself, it's, I'm looking through the list. There's a lot.
0: <laughs> well, we are focusing on probably the two most popular and famous of the specials It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, and A Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. And originally, Chelsea and I, when we did this, we, we were going to do a really random movie that no one cared about um, because Mason wasn't here. So we were going to do We're Back, the dinosaur movie <laughs> <laughs> from the 90s. But. We were really busy today, and we didn't have time to actually sit down and watch the movie. And that's not a movie that I can really just, like, swan princess off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I've never seen it, so it would have been oh, the first movie. that would have been horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so last minute, we decided to change, and we're like, hey, it's Halloween, so let's do the Charlie Brown uh, Halloween special. I had never seen it before, so it was a good opportunity. I mean, it was like, what, 22 minutes to sit down and watch it? And so we did, and we actually live-tweeted it. Um, so we'll include our little uh, hashtag uh, Twitter stream so you could through our random tweets that we did as we were watching it. Um, and then afterwards, Chelsea was like, this isn't enough. <laughs> it really wasn't. I got to the end
1: of it and I was just like, I feel like there's not enough substance here to be able to fill up more than 10 minutes of a conversation. So I'm like, oh, I'll get something else on here, too.
2: <laughs> They're definitely shorter. It yes. would be hard to do a whole big conversation about them
0: so then we decided to add on the christmas special which is perfect because we're, yes we're recording this on halloween but people won't uh, listen to it until after halloween so they might be a bit disappointed so at least this gives something to look forward to you know the christmas episode you know which is in a few months from now so um mm-hmm. yes this is kind of a bit obscure uh two <laughs> two movies but uh this is what you're getting so <laughs> so like
1: it <laughs> <laughs> So The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, was actually the third special, and it was released October twenty seventh, 1966. This was the second holiday special that they did. The very first one was the Christmas special, and it broke all records. About half of the TVs that were on in 1965 on that day were tuned in to the christmas special they didn't expect it at all it's not like they had that many channels anyway at that time but still it was a big deal and so everybody wanted to see it and it came down to a point where this people at cbs were like so uh charles we need another hit for the holidays come up with something so charles looks around and he starts asking around he said well okay um hey guys want to do something about halloween And so that's how that came around. It was literally the people at CBS, the suits, just said, hey, we need another moneymaker. And that's what they got.
0: So this has kind of become a a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, Not kind of, it has, because it aired every single year since 1966 all the way through the year 2000 when CBS, I guess, lost the rights or sold the rights to ABC. So ever since 2001, ABC has been playing the film and I don't know how I miss this of all my years I never once saw it on TV I just barely saw it today well That's- here's why tell me because
1: they show it on Halloween and what are we doing on Halloween normally
0: <laughs> except for tonight <laughs> except for
1: tonight cause... we're not home
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're trick-or-treating we're partying we're with family so yeah that makes sense why I guess I haven't seen it I guess I yeah. had like vaguely seen it on TV and all I can really remember is them going up to doors. That's all I remember. So, um, that's just my my original memory, is there a bunch of people trick-or-treating and they go up to doors. So, what are your first impressions of this? Or first memory of this, Alyssa?
2: Um, Unlike you, where I live, I live in the middle of nowhere, so there's Only so much trick-or-treating you can do before it's just like, okay, there's no more houses to go to. So I did watch this annually when I was little. And, you know, that opening scene with them running around in the dark and with all the eyes popping out, I remember watching that when I was maybe four or five and just being so scared of that scene. When you're referring to the part where they're specifically going up and trick-or-treating, I always love that part. Just that iconic line, "I got a rock." I just, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That was awesome. Well,
1: what's funny about that line is actually, sorry, I just did a little bit of research right before this. I'm not nearly the pro at this movie, but I did, I was reading a little bit on this show and I said that that line, He was actually, was like, I just want to put that in there. One of the other animators with him was just like, no, I don't like it. No, 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 no. But the more he said no, the more Charles Schultz was like, no, we're going to put it in there. And by the end they had they gave him three rocks. And because of that, from then on out, the studio ended up getting candy from fans in his name because they always felt sorry for him because he got three rocks in his back.
0: That's awesome. So this movie was directed by Bill Melendez and he's actually a pretty well known name in animation. He was an animator who worked at Warner Brothers, Disney, UPA. And and ultimately did these shorts. And the reason he was chosen is because Charles, out of anyone, only trusted his comic book or his comic strip to be turned into a TV special. Bill was the only guy who he was allowed to do it. And so pretty interesting because he kind of has this legacy being attached to these these specials. Okay, so let's move on and let's talk about the movie. So we'll just, we'll just go through the scenes. It's, it's really short, so I just saw it just as uh, a first-time viewer. So to me, it was a very simple storyline, much like the Christmas special, which I had grown up seeing. You
2: mentioned, what's the, st- the opening scene?
1: You have them rolling the pumpkin.
2: That scene is taken word for word right out of the strips. Oh, really? Which I love. Yes. (laughs) So the
0: movie starts and Linus is writing his annual letter to the Great Pumpkin. And he sort of is explaining... Does he explain what the Great Pumpkin is to everybody? Later
1: on, he does.
0: And we're not quite sure why and who this Great Pumpkin is, but it's just his thing that he does every year. Well, I feel like
1: it's just kind of like how she talked about how Arbor Day was switched to Harbor Day. You know, it's kind of like he's got his people mixed up. Everything that he says is kind of like Santa Claus in a weird twist.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like he's just kind of totally mixed up his holiday folklore. Yeah, definitely. There's the the line that he says. He's like, he he rises up into the air and he delivers toys to all the children. And I was like, what? (laughs) But it was cute. It shows a little bit of naivete on his part. And he just goes with it. And he's very faithful in his belief of the great pumpkin so that's kind of where the movie starts then we move on and we see the classic scene of the football it
1: isn't a Peanuts film without the kicking the football, exactly, well, or the lack of kicking of the football. Right. I love that part where Lucy's just like, "Here, Charlie Brown, I have my signed document here," and I'm just thinking, "Oh yes," because we believe everything that we read these days. <laughs> he ends up going for it. She takes it away. It's like,
2: "Oh wait, sorry, this hadn't been notarized." <laughs>
0: Oh, that was a bummer. Horrible.
2: She <laughs> does that to him every year in some sort of derivation of that. It's just, it's so mean, but it's so funny all at the same time.
0: Now, has Charlie Brown ever been able to kick the football?
2: No, he has not. There, I actually remember reading an interview about when this um, strips were ending, how Schultz was thinking about hat- letting him kick the football, letting him finally do it. And then he was just like, nah, he's just never going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> true to character
0: sure. <laughs> so this is halloween night and they start to go trigger treating and apparently a huge deal or of a, of a costume in the 60s which is the sheet ghost because <laughs> <laughs> like six of the kids are dressed as ghosts which I, I don't know about you but i remember my day if you had the same costume as one of your friends that was really embarrassing
1: Well, and even more so nowadays I mean, it's just I saw on Facebook the other day A friend of mine, he posted He was just like We should just stop calling it Halloween And just call it Cosplay Month I was like (laughs) It's so true Because that's all we do We just have bigger and better costumes It's never going to be just the sheet anymore
0: Yeah, it's true That's like a hipster thing to do nowadays Is just to be the sheet ghost (laughs) Right? Yeah, Totally so the kids are going out and charlie brown is there and he gets a letter to a party a little bit before and it was like really sad it sort of reminded you know it was his first letter he'd ever received and lucy like was trying to say that oh you got the wrong letter you weren't supposed to get the letter you're supposed to get the letter telling that you weren't invited to the party right is that what she says right Um,
1: there's two lists charlie brown the people to invite and the people not to invite you were put on the wrong list
0: it reminds me of like uh the simpsons the no homers club (laughs) where it's like but what about him his name's homer and he's like yeah we it's called no homers we can have one (laughs) totally unrelated but uh it's simpsons so it fits (laughs) that's the stone uh, the stone cutters one love it um and so they're going trick or treating and like well first off before he as he gets this letter I just feel very nervous because when the cool kids invite you to the party it's not a good thing. So I'm already anticipating this isn't going to turn out well for him. So he's here at with the cool kids and they basically are making fun of him and using him which cool kids typically always do. They're mean. And they they turn him around and said you're going to be our model. Uh, so he turns around, and they start using a Sharpie on the back of his bald head, and basically trace out a jack-o'-lantern face with the triangle eyes and nose and squiggly mouth, and, and then they trace it on as a pumpkin, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing, and I feel really sad for him in that moment, but it's, it's kind of the theme in these movies is that he always gets picked on, children are really mean to him, and it never stops, really. I mean, there are little moments where they're nice, but... I feel, I feel really bad for Charlie Proud. You know, it's
2: for no reason either. It's just so just random and mean. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And then you look at something like that, that would be totally be dubbed as like bullying these days. And like we'd get letters and it'd be, you know, totally cut. And I don't know. It's just really funny how in the sixties, it was just such a different world. (laughs) Like we've, Changed so much in 50 years. Wow.
0: <laughs> okay, so then they go trick-or-treating, and this is the, the famous, I got a popcorn ball. I got a candy bar. I got a rock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I, I don't ever quite understand. I, who or why he got a
2: rock? Which was really yeah, funny. I always wonder about that. Like, who just has rocks to hand out to children? I, I never got that, but I love it all at the same time. Well,
0: I also don't understand why when they go to the same house, they all end up with these completely different variations of candy. It's like, <laughs> usually you go to the house and it's like, the Twizzlers house where they just have Twizzlers or the (laughs) Snickers and Twix variation. And so you end up with something like that, but no, one person gets this, one person gets something really crazy. I'm like, man, this person just had the ultimate grab bag, including (laughs) the rock. (laughs)
2: <laughs> which Sucks other you. than
0: the, the great pumpkin i think is probably the most iconic line or part of this movie just from what people were tweeting and and what i could see so then there's this kind of this storyline and Alyssa, i would like you to explain it to me because i must have been answering the door for a trick-or-treater or something but then there's this random to me random plot line of snoopy as a pilot and and they kept kind of going back to it and revisiting it and i was completely lost
2: i yes i can't really remember exactly how this flowed in the comic strips but this was a thing that snoopy would do just where he would dress up as different characters and him fighting the Red Baron was one of the more iconic characters they dressed up as and often he would imagine himself as some sort of fighter fighting the Red Baron and just being in the trenches of France and just doing all this random stuff and it, it was a skit that was went on throughout several years. I mean, just randomly a storyline would be thrown in there about that. So in the movie, they included that. You know, I can't remember if it was exactly its with Halloween in any way, shape, or form when the the skit first started. But yeah, I'm not quite sure where that came from in all honesty. I really liked it in the movie. I mean, it was very random. I agree with you there. But he's just, if you read the comic strips, he's always dressing up and doing random things. He'll be a penguin or a vulture. But this fits in with his personality very well. And I just always appreciated that they threw that in, in there anyways, even though it is kind of random.
0: Yeah, so for fans of the comics, it's completely normal, expected, and desired that you yes, have the like, Snoopy sub Yes, like, Snoopy is
2: just always doing the world's most random things. He's always dressing up and... In- just being very imaginative. And I always kind of appreciated how Charles Schultz did the characters for this, because in many ways, Snoopy's was like the opposite of Charlie Brown. He was just very much the imaginative, just go with the flow kind of guy, just do whatever you want, while Charlie Brown was always stressed out about something. Mm-hmm. I always I always appreciated that and how different they he made the two characters. So while it didn't really flow the best in the movie, I would definitely agree with you there. It did make perfect sense for His character. Cool.
1: Well, according to my research. This was actually the very first time that Snoopy actually flew in any way, shape, or form. And Sparky said, I wish that I could have him fly. And Bill was like, well, I'm an animator. I can do that. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so this was the very first time that they turned Snoopy into kind of more of a silent film star. Ah, interesting.
0: The next part, we were kind of uh, in and out of this storyline, but it's Linus and Sally, and they are waiting for the Great Pumpkin, and Sally believes him, and she's... She's ready to see this great pumpkin and she waits all night. She gives up her trick or treating and they wait and wait. And wait, and nothing happens. How could it not happen? It was
1: the most sincerest of all sincere pumpkin patches.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never There's heard. There's a... no hypocrisy anywhere.
2: <laughs> not as far as the eye can see. <gasps> oh, it was great. Yeah, I've
0: never heard a pumpkin patch described like that before, but now I'm going <laughs> to be on the lookout for some sincere pumpkin patches. <laughs>
1: No hypocrisy.
0: <laughs> see, that's one of those uh, kind of very Peanuts moments, I guess. It's like, oh, okay. I guess, I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of where the Snoopy line and Linus's storylines come together. And then, you know, we see something coming up out of the shadows and we think, oh! <gasps> Here it is. It's the moment. It's the great pumpkin. And then we realize, oh, that's just Snoopy. And um, really very quickly after that, the movie ends and it's just, it goes back and and Linus says, oh, I didn't see the great pumpkin. I guess I'll just have to wait for next year. And then very abruptly it's, it's over, (laughs) which for me was very disappointing. Um, I, I wanted a bit more resolution. I felt like oh, I was really let down. I wasn't expecting the great pumpkin to be real. Maybe it was something else, or it was, you know, a pretending to be the great pumpkin, but that never really came to fruition. It was like, oh, well does it exist or doesn't it and, and it left me kind of wondering who this great pumpkin was which I think is why so many people love this movie because they watch it each year in a way hoping for the great pumpkin or each Halloween they they hope for the great pumpkin to come and it never does right,
2: right. and I'm trying to recall from the strips there I remember one particular strip like nobody ever really seemed to believe Linus and it was always a little fuzzy on the details of who the great pumpkin was but I remember one strip where Linus Slept through the night, and then Charlie Brown will come up the next day and said, Oh, yeah, this one guy I just heard over the radio, this one guy in Kansas or something. He said the Great Pumpkin came to him and gave him all these gifts, and Linus was so mad. And so it made it almost seem like the Great Pumpkin was real in one of the strips. So I appreciate that. It just, Linus hadn't found the most sincere pumpkin patch. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) well, at this point in time, is where I said, Morgan, we need more. (laughs) This is going to be a very short podcast. (laughs) And so we moved into the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Yay! So, as I said before, the Charlie Brown Christmas special came out on December 9th, 1965. And it was initially sponsored by Coca-Cola. You know, like all Christmas things are. (laughs) (laughs) Like the Halloween episode, CBS had originally aired it, had all the airing right up until the year 2000. And then from 2001 on, it's been with ABC.
0: So this was actually the first of the specials. This one came out first. Then there was another one in the middle called Charlie Brown All-Stars. And then it was The Great Pumpkin, which... There was only about 10 months between this one and The uh, Great Pumpkin, so the fact that they managed to get three shorts within a year is pretty impressive. Production-wise, this is the one that I've definitely grown up watching and seen many, many, many times, so I, I'll have a little bit more to add to this conversation. <laughs> I honestly, I've watching this one other time. Really? Yeah. I watched this
1: one other time, and it was in my eighth grade choir class. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was, like, right after concert which I believe was the one I fainted at, so (laughs) that was what a memory. I know. So like I don't think that I was totally engaged in the whole in the whole day anyway. Have you ever told Um, the story about how you fainted? Not on the air, I don't think. I think it's time, Chelsea. You want me to tell the story about how okay. So it was my eighth grade choir, and I had been sick going into it a couple days beforehand. But it's choir, and so you don't have, like, a grade. The only grade that you can really get is from the concert itself. And so if you don't show up to the concert, your grade drops, like, from an A to a C. And so it's just, you don't miss the concert. And we get us all up there. We're all on the risers and everything. And all of a sudden, we're singing, and it comes to the song Ave Maria. It was so good because this girl, it was her very first solo ever, and she was so excited leading up to it. And all I remember is I just start seeing white spots, and they start growing. And then I just remember watching her kind of, like, walk up to the microphone. And then kind of as, like, as an aside, I see myself, and I, like... I'm thinking to myself in the third person, thinking, I wonder what the audience is thinking by me walking down the stairs. I don't remember what happened next, but what we can see from the video <laughs> <laughs> is that I, I basically stumble down these steps, kind of like a Jell-O-Legs. And it looks like I'm walking up to the microphone as well. And so everyone's just kind of like looking at me like, why is she going down there to steal this like solo from this girl who's never had a solo before? I just kind of stumble around a little bit. And then I just fall straight into the piano. And I go whack right as she starts singing her Ave Maria. (laughs) Oh, it was fantastic memory, I'm sure. (laughs) And then from then on out, that was what everybody knew
0: me for. Nice. So that is my story. Well, thanks for sharing, Chelsea. <laughs> now when people, you refer the fainting incident, everyone will be in the know. They all know my, my fainting incident. They're all cool kids now, but not the mean, cool kids. The Super right. rare, nice, cool kids.
1: My mom says I'm cool. <laughs>
0: Um, But yeah, going back to the great Christmas
1: special. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I only remember this watching it the one time, and it was right after the choir concert. So really, this was my very first time sitting down and watching this movie. So novice beyond novice.
2: (laughs) Wow.
0: (laughs) Well, I love this movie. It has, like I said, a lot of nostalgia to me. And yeah, just even from like the very first line where the children are singing, Christmas time is here. It's just... Everything about Christmas time and the songs and the music, it's just a very, very happy time, you know. I, I don't I imagine yes. for a lot of people. A lot of type people it's it's a depressing time at the same time, which we will learn with Charlie Brown. He has a major depression issue. So a lot of people maybe relate to this because there's the happy go lucky people who just love Christmas and everything so magical, and then there's the people who are actually you know depressed during christmas time because it's a very stressful time at the same time so very wise (laughs) i guess it applies to all (laughs) people (laughs) but yeah i guess i hadn't seen enough charlie brown to realize that this was just his character that he's just sort of a sullen downtrodden depressed character which is very odd for a a children's character i guess people would say this is a children's tv show but kind of an interesting take i don't imagine there'd be a character like this nowadays do you
2: Probably not. I really hope that he'll be like this in the next movie coming out, though I don't want them to change him.
0: You mean you don't want him to be all jolly and upbeat in the movie?
2: (laughs) christmas is awesome (laughs) that would be very strange for his character yeah
0: (laughs) i I really don't think they will and that's why it's going to be interesting because you'll see this character who's just always not really had a hard life he's just sad (laughs) and so you know we continue the theme of people being really mean to charlie brown and it never gets old and it never stops for the most part the children are ice skating, and we hear that song "Christmas Time Is Here," and it's a really nice little intro. And then we start with Lucy, and she's asking questions, or she has her question booth, right? Psychiatry. Yes, <laughs> it's very iconic. And um, what does Charlie Brown say to her?
1: This was actually the part where she reminded me of you the most, Morgan. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, are you doing this? Are you doing this? Okay. Okay. Well, we are directing a play. So you're now going to be directing the play and you're going to be doing this. And this is what we need. Everything's all together. It's all this because Morgan really is the the driving force between (laughs) most all of our stuff. Like she's just like very on target. And that's just
0: how, how Lucy seems to me. Very on target. Yeah. Well, you and Mason are the creatives. So you're more of the free spirits. And I am the School of Hard Knocks director who just ties everything together, hands you your schedule, and, and tries to reel you in. And I,
2: I imagine Alyssa's
0: that way, too, because she's the, the business. <gasps> oh, yeah. <laughs> very much Team Lucy. So, yeah, he's he's kind of upset about commercialization of Christmas. And that's a really big theme in this movie. And I, I can call it a movie, right? yeah it's a movie short film (laughs) that's that's a big theme is he's really upset it's it's just so commercialized and he's really depressed and so she yeah she sends him on his way and says hey you're gonna be our director and i'm thinking okay well wondering why you don't have a director yet but it's okay <laughs> and why it's not someone who's maybe a little older uh, but this is apparently a student run production from start to finish and so he's he's really excited and he goes and then they start handing out his his role as the director and then they start handing out parts and it's just funny the different people that they picked to be the characters in the nativity yeah so frida is is mary right uh yes And she's like, she's just making a comment about how naturally curly her hair is. And if Mary had that and, (laughs) (laughs) and then, um, who else is who?
2: Wasn't Linus the shepherd, um, Schroeder provided the music.
1: Mm-hmm. So, this is the part where Li- Lucy goes up to Linus and she's like, Okay, you are going to be a shepherd, but you're going to have to leave it at home. You can't have that. Why do you always want to take my blanket away? What's up with that? And he like puts it on his head and he's it's like, It's a good thing I'm smart enough to know how to keep it night next to me. And it's like, Someday, Linus, you're going to have to leave that away. And it's like, Well, maybe I'll turn it into a sport coat. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Linus. Like he's just really good. He
0: has a good attitude about it. <laughs> he's right. like, No, I'm gonna turn these lemons into lemonade. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> right. Well, but this was the part that I was like, awesome. When Lucy was just like, ah, the beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. <laughs> it was like coins in her little jug. I was like, that's awesome. And then Charlie Brown's walking around still and he sees Snoopy's house and he's like, oh, even my dog has gone commercial. I don't believe it. But I was pretty impressed with, with Snoopy's ability to decorate. Oh, yeah. So I in got,
2: one of the comic strips. I'm trying to remember. He had all these paintings by famous artists in his dog house and, like, a pool table and stuff. He is just the world's coolest dog.
0: <laughs> Joe Cool.
1: <laughs> it was really funny, though. As I'm listening to this, and I think this is just because I went to school for recording engineering. As I'm, like, listening in here, I can totally hear the edits of Dialogue like the cuts. I'm super particular when it comes to stuff like that. But I was just like, "Oh, even Peanuts has like the cut sound. So it makes me feel a little bit better about myself <laughs> when like we have random things that aren't totally perfect." I'm like, "Dang it. Okay."
0: Well, this short was notoriously known for not necessarily being low budget, but just really low quality. I mean, you mentioned the different parts of the dialogue. Sometimes, like, the children were not professional actors, so the sound was pretty poorly mixed. I I don't know why, whether it was just inexperience or just lack of technology or whatnot, but with the children particularly, some of them were too young to even read the lines, and so they'd have to read them one line at a time so they they would cue them and they'd say, the, the shepherd shepherd you know they have to say one line at a time and they'd kind of break them together and even to the point where sally's voice kathy steinberg there were even some words that she couldn't even say so they had to do it syllable by syllable and then oh. cut them together oh. yeah. shutter <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah that's one thing i noticed is Particularly when Linus is reading the um, nativity story, he'll talk and it's supposed to sound like he's kind of on stage. So there's kind of this like echoey, but he would talk and there'd be this weird sort of echoey, but it just low quality. And then it would stop when he stopped and be completely silent. And there was no resonance between uh, what he was saying. And it just, if you listen, it's not very good. (laughs) And um, for a while, Melendez said he was very embarrassed about this short. And the fact that it was shown year after year, and it was just very poor. I mean, he did his best time constraints and money and whatnot. It was it was done on a shoestring budget, and, and that is obvious. Even though Coca-Cola sponsored, <laughs> they didn't sponsor that much, apparently. Um, he was just really embarrassed, and they wanted to fix it. They wanted to kind of like update the audio and whatnot, but apparently Charles Schultz vetoed it every time. And he said, absolutely not. We're not fixing this. We're leaving it. And... I'm I'm glad for that because there's so much charm in how unfinished it is and raw, rough around the edges. I agree. It definitely gives
2: it like that nostalgic feel. You just watch it and you just feel nostalgic. It's just mm-hmm. a very different feel.
0: So then Charlie Brown is assigned to go and get a Christmas tree, and they're all raving about like get an aluminum tree and i'm wondering like was this a thing
2: i think it was in the 60s it was was a style of tree that was popular for some strange reason i think that is
0: really funny to me because i know there's like the trees nowadays that are spray painted certain colors like the white tree and and whatnot but aluminum that is definitely very novel (laughs) so he is supposed (laughs) to get the best tree ever and uh, comes back with this little shrub. It, it's really sad. So he brings it back, and he's like, "This is—it's cute. It's—it's it's the perfect tree for us." And he convinces himself that this is a good tree, even though it—it's it, f- basically like a twig. <laughs> uh, but it's—that's very iconic tree nowadays. People go and they will buy the official licensed peanuts edition tree that has the one Christmas ornament on it yeah I have that <laughs> really that's awesome yeah it's, it
2: has like a little Linus blanket to go around the bottom oh, and it cute. even a Christmas song
0: <laughs> see that's what I should do this Christmas instead of buying because I don't care whether I have the real tree or not like fake trees are fine to me because they don't have all the needles and you can just keep reusing them but my husband loves the real tree so we got a real one last year and we sh- I, should, I should buy like a really obnoxiously Charlie Brown tree, and see what he says <laughs> then there's just a little moment between Lucy and Schroeder where he's just playing on the piano Um, in Great Pumpkin he plays on the piano for like three minutes it just keeps going and going and going so that was like another one of those very Peanuts random moments but he plays a song here and Lucy is like play me a song and, and he starts playing different things and she she's not into it and she's like you know like Jingle Bells you know And so he he plays a a very nice rendition of Jingle Bells and she doesn't like it. And so he, which as he's switching to these different arrangements, I love how like his piano turns from piano to organ (laughs) to like a little tinker toy piano, like doot, 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 (laughs) doot. And then uh, that's the one and she yells, that's it. (laughs) So a very awesome moment. (laughs) And of course, Charlie Brown comes back and everyone hates his tree which is sad. That is sad. <laughs> well, yeah. So they they they're really criticizing him and surprisingly Linus is is full of a lot of wisdom. And so he goes to the front of the stage and he proceeds to tell the story the birth of Christ. It's a really um cool moment cuz he's bringing it back to the original meaning of Christmas. And letting people know, like, this is why we're here. This is why we're even here doing this play. And I like it. And that very religious element is in it. And even way back in the 60s, the network executives didn't want that in the movie. They wanted to cut it. They didn't think it was appropriate, but they kept it in. And I'm glad because I think that moment of all of them is one of the standout moments in this short.
1: Yeah, it definitely ties it together. This is one point where I actually really appreciated the lack of sound. After he speaks. So right after he's done, there's just one more of those empty moments of just no sound at all. For me, I really liked it because it was just like it kind of got you centered as you listen to it. And then it went back into the story. Yeah, this
2: was a great scene. I loved it.
0: So right after this, they go back and he sees Snoopy's doghouse, which was previously decorated and all commercialized. And he won first place. And he's really upset and kind of mad that even his dog, you know, and and he won. So he takes one of his ornaments off and it's this red ornament ball and puts it on his tree, hoping to, you know, this tree isn't that bad. You know, I'll decorate it. And it's just, I've killed it (laughs) because the tree
2: kind of topples over
0: because it's too heavy.
2: (laughs) What I love about that tree is that he keeps like winging around, and you see all these little needles fall off, and you just sit there going, "Okay, all the needles would have been off by now." It just keeps <laughs> falling off, but yet the same number of needles still are on the tree. Yeah, that's true.
0: So um, he does his Charlie Brown moment, which you know has been played out in Arrested Development. You know, looking down, head down, sad, and the. <laughs> He wanders off, and the kids come back, and uh, I'm not quite sure why they just start wandering toward his house, but they do, and they end up in front of that tree, and they kind of feel bad about, I guess, maybe how they treat it, and they're like, well, this tree isn't so bad after all, and so then they take, basically steal all of Snoopy's decorations and put it on the tree. And this always boggled me. I didn't understand how just by putting decorations on the tree, the tree actually plumped up and, and got some volume and, and more pine needles. <laughs> <laughs> animation. Yeah, animation. <laughs> but the tree has been reborn. And then it ends. Uh, Charlie Brown comes back. And then they, they yelled a very classic line. Merry
2: Christmas, Charlie Brown. And now I have closure. That's the end. Oh. And it just, it ends with them all singing. I just love that so much.
0: Yeah, um, I will vote that I liked this one a lot better. It starts with singing, it ends with singing. It's Christmas-focused, so it's very happy and it's uplifting. It's a good, nice little short, and I really, really like it. And, you know, it's just funny that, you know, the quality is very poor if you really look at it and dissect it. But to me, I really see past all that. I don't really, I don't look at the animation. I don't look at its flaws I just look at the story and that's the reason to me that I think this has lasted for so long because it really deep down is just a very simple, good story that you know, then continue on with your celebration. I agree. Out of the two, which ones are your favorite? Uh Oh Try it on Christmas for me.
2: Yeah, definitely the Christmas
0: one. And the third for Christmas. <laughs> <Yay>. is... <laughs> Not very surprising. So what would you rate these two?
1: This one's really hard for me to rate. As you know, anything with nostalgia gets an extra star. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's hard to rate these things because re- I
0: refuse to rate. <laughs> All right. Chelsea refuses to rate. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alyssa? <laughs> so probably for the first one... I mean, again, like Chelsea said, you have that nostalgia factor, which totally probably makes you more biased, just making you love the movies even more. So Charlie Brown Christmas, I will definitely give four and a half stars. I know it's not perfect, but that nostalgia factor just really bumps it up a lot. I really enjoy the Halloween one. I will admit the ending could have been better, but I don't know. It's a little random, too. I'll give that one three and a half.
0: Okay, so I will give, like you, the Christmas special Four and a half stars. It's just really charming and well done and well thought out and simple. And for the Great Pumpkin, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. There's no nostalgia factor for me, uh, which, you know, we all know that nostalgia always adds half a star or so. Um, But since it's not there, I just really, as a first-time viewer, I I couldn't really see what was so great about it, you know, why people always talk about this one or, and quote this one and, and get excited for this one um i just didn't see it kind of let down that there was no great pumpkin at least that we saw they didn't resolve it in a way that i that i appreciated because i was kind of mad so for that reason to out Thanks for listening to this episode. Very impromptu, spur of the moment, and we want to thank Alyssa <laughs> for joining us literally at the last second. Uh, we messaged, her and said, "Hey, uh, I know this is a long shot because it's Halloween, but are you available?" And she stepped up and she was awesome. So thanks. Well, thank
2: you for inviting me.
0: <laughs> no problem yay Um, Alyssa! i'm glad we could have our resident peanuts expert join us on this because uh i was very impressed i'm not gonna lie when i was like hey let's do a random nerdy couch discussion can you do it and you you started spouting off all these dates and people and facts and and you really are a true peanuts fan i am very impressed
2: well thank you (laughs) i was a it's nerd. And so I'm glad that it has finally come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: all these years of planning finally paid off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, you know, anyone who's listening to this, anytime you see a Peanuts article on the site, most likely it's going to be from Alyssa. And now you have to check it out because she <laughs> really, really knows her stuff. And those articles are awesome. Along with all the articles she does, they're always well thought out. And they're what I love about your articles that you do is they're not like the standard uh, news stories that you would expect. You always find really cool, interesting things to talk about, which just slipped through our radar and we didn't see. And then you find them. And then I'm like, oh, that's really awesome. So you're a great little investigative journalist. (laughs)
2: Well, thank you. (laughs) Pardon me. So sometimes I'll be like, oh, a frozen story. Oh, wait, someone's already done that. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to go look in some more.
0: (laughs) Yes. So we didn't talk about this, but we've kind of been very obsessed with Frozen recently. And by the time this podcast comes out, we will have started our Frozember, which is our celebration of all things Frozen, in anticipation for the release of the movie, which comes out basically a month from now in November. So Alyssa's participating in that. I am. A lot of our writers. So every single day on the site, we're having a different Frozen article. Not necessarily news, but just something fun, uh, whether it's an opinion piece, whether it's just a, a gift post or Uh, A comparison between Frozen and some of these other Disney movies or the history of of Frozen of what one of the ones that Alyssa is going to be doing, which I'm looking forward to. Um, So it's going to be really, really fun. So if you like Frozen, check it out because we've kind of become like the place to go for all things Frozen. And, you know, we like it. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure there are some people who are just so over-frozen they can't wait for this movie to get released because then things will kind of go back to normal and there won't be a frozen news story post every, basically, two times a day. All right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. You can find more of the Rotoscopers at rotoscopers.com. That's where you can find all of our news reposts on the site, where you can read Alyssa and all the other news writers' stories. The podcasts are posted here. If you want all the show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com. Um, everything we mentioned will be included there. And also all of our social links for Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Pinterest. Instagram, all the fun stuff. You can find me, Morgan Stradling, on Twitter at Morgan Stradling. You can find Chelsea on Twitter and she is Chelsea Robson. And you can find Alyssa on Twitter and her Twitter handle is this underscore is underscore Alyssa. And that's A L I S S A, right? Yeah. So is there anything else you want to plug or you want
2: people to know about? I recently started a blog called thiselegantawkwardness.blogspot.com. And that's pretty much just me being me outside of the realm of animation, I guess. So check that out. I'm, I'm enjoying writing it. It's nothing very big, but it's fun. So, awesome. So,
0: yeah. Very, very cool. So big thank, thank you again to Alyssa for joining us. And don't forget to remember by the time you listen to us to vote for us for the podcast awards. Um, we need your vote. We appreciate your vote. We thank everyone who already did vote okay so until our next episode we are the Woohoo! yay
1: (laughs) actual party real party
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, wait there's a hum. might be me because my computer's like on fire practically because it's like kind of on a pillow but not really but anyways Mm -hmm. i'll mute it when i'm done talking This Um, girl is on fire. Okay, so the movie starts, and... (laughs) Chelsea. (laughs) Sorry, I just... I had to.
1: I've been wanting to meet
2: you since we got your letter so long ago, so yay. Well, I'm glad I've... Yeah, it feels like I've known you guys for a lot longer than I have, I guess, just because I've been listening to you guys for so long, so it's... (laughs) Just like, yeah, yeah, I get to talk to them finally. <laughs> I love about what we're real yeah. now.